Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. The score! Let's go now, you fired the first shot! Let's go, man! Jason Leisure. I'm here in the studio at the score. This is a very, very special honor for you. There's reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times. Are you not getting your questions answered? No, of course not. I don't know if I really look at it that way, Jay. Co-host of the Sports Adjacent Podcast. I still definitely crave Captain Crunch Crunch Berries. I could eat myself sick on that, but I'd be happy. Jason Leisure with Bernstein and Holmes on the score. Jason Leisure is here to talk some Bears and NFL. You find him on Twitter at Jason Leisure, and you find him right here in studio. That is a handsome cardigan sweater. It really is. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, I'm big on the, like, uh, is this called a shawl collar, I think? I think so. I like the shawl collar cardigan because it's, like, it's really more similar to a, a robe or something, but you can pass it off as normal clothes. Yeah, but there's also, there, there's there's some interesting texture in the weave you got going on. There's all sorts of things there. That's that's not like an, what I would buy at Old Navy for $27. Well, this probably was around that because as a uh, 38-year-old um, single income. Going on 60. Three, father of three. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I, my clothes are the finest things you can buy at the outlet mall. See, mine are the finest things you get for free. <laughs> somebody just happens to hand to you or it's sitting in a box in Mitch's office. You're just, like, you're just wearing like a Connect Roasters hoodie or something? Oh, if they send it to me. <laughs> oh, seriously, you you send me stuff, I'll wear it. He'll wear it. He'll wear yeah, this, it. This okay. I got at a remote. I was I think, I think Brian Hanley and I were at Hawthorne Racecourse for a remote, and they gave me this, and I've had it for 20 years. Sometimes the stuff you get for free is pretty decent. It's decent enough for me. Yeah, sometimes it's pretty good. <laughs> I it's fine. You two are two old men, and for you it makes sense because you're old. He's not old, but he's also old. He's an aspiring old, as we all. He's definitely be. an old soul, and I get that being the father of three has a tendency to, you know, make you a little bit older than you actually are. But he lives in being old. I'm guessing Dan and I spend about the same amount of money on clothes, but I'm trying to fake it still. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, yeah, I'm I can done. tell. I'm done. I've been done. <laughs> well, you have to kind of be in public, though. Dan doesn't. He's on like, camera in here every yeah, day. But he, mm. he doesn't care. Okay. Like, you have to, like, talk with people. So there has to be some level of putting clothes on. You should see my fishing hat. You should see the hat I bought in Cabo. It's, you you want to you see. The, it is, it is you, the absolute emblem of having given up. Wow. Of, of finding a hat that is going to not only piss off my kids, but also serve a purpose. And it's just ideal. And, it's, it's, and But how does, like, Mrs. Bernstein react to that? She just rolled her eyes. Okay, because I'm still trying to make that work, too, in my house, so. She just says, as long as you only wear it for fishing, I don't care. She's like, just okay. don't, and, and, you know, she doesn't fish, so what does she care? All right. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. So, big news with your Chicago Bears that you cover, with them making this thing official with Kevin Warren, what do you think of the move, and what have people told you about Kevin Warren? This is huge because 
how many for how many years, Lawrence, have you been hearing people in Chicago saying, oh, "I wish they would just sell the team. I wish they'd just sell the team, get a new owner." They're never going to do that. This is the next closest thing, though, is bring in somebody who is a big thinker. I mean, this is a guy who was running the Big Ten and brought in UCLA and USC. Like, who would have even thought regionally, geographically, to do that? And it's perfect timing for him to take that job, I think, because we're still so early in the process with Arlington Heights that he's going to have so much influence on that. And it's a different situation stadium-wise than what he had when he worked with the Vikings and the Lions where there's just so much space there. There's such a blank canvas for them to build whatever they want around that stadium too. I'm waiting to see how long his his onboarding procedure goes. They say he's going to take over in the spring. And usually when these things happen, the 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 new leader has to assess everything. And it takes – this is a massive organization. It's going to take time for him to figure it all out. I'm very interested to talk to him about that process, about what he's going to have to learn before and, and the, the amount of lag time before he begins to reshape the organization as he wants. And, and I've, I have no idea. I don't know how heavy a lift that is. Uh, it's going to be a heavy lift. He's going to learn a lot because Poles and Eberflus have only been here not even a calendar year at this point. But, I mean, think about, the, think about how the Bears are viewed here and nationally. I mean, it's not – it's not the Patriots or the Steelers or the Miami Heat or Spurs or Warriors or, Cowboys. or the Dodgers. It's not an organization that whatsoever that is known for doing everything with excellence, doing everything right all the way down to the details of how they, you know, how they present themselves publicly. Like it's more looked at as like a, like a, like a friendlier, more wholesome version of the Cleveland Browns, like a team that just gets it wrong. All the time in every possible way. Well, the Bengals were always a comp because of, of Mike Brown and the ownership there. Mike Brown! Mike Brown, the rebound. And in the Bengals actually have, as far as the on-field product, they've surpassed them, with, even though they are a small-town mom-and-pop organization. Yeah, and that's what they need to stop being. I mean, they're about to build this multi-billion dollar stadium in Arlington Heights. Like, You need someone that's going to come in and run this a little more ferociously, a little more, uh, be bold. You're like, when have you ever thought of the Bears being bold? And I think that's part of what the job is here for Kevin Warren. I think that's the most Im- impressive part of kind of this last year of hiring that we've seen the Bears do, where we are seeing them get away from what their reputation has been, where it, it, their reputation has felt quaint to the point of it being backwards, you know? It, it's felt very insular. It's felt very, oh, well, you know, this is just, oh, shucks, man. Like, this is just the way that we've kind of done football for the last hundred years. Comfortable. Yeah. And this, the, the hires that they've made over the last year strike me as, we're trying to do something different. Like, our eyes are opened up to, maybe we need to change some of our practices and I, I think that that's a, a step in the right direction. Yeah, and this really, more than anything to me, you know, the stadium is such a big project, but it also puts a lot of pressure on Ryan Poles because I think he took this job where he's answering to George McCaskey and they're hiring him under the understanding that this is going to take a while. And now someone totally new comes in that he didn't interview with before 
that is now going to be his boss. And, and while you have the most money under the cap and the number one pick. So, I, so like this upcoming year becomes a big deal as far as assessment on whether or not Ryan Poles can do the job. Can I ask something crazy? Sure. As long as we're talking, in George McCaskey's words, uh, challenging the status quo, what if Kevin Warren has a different general manager in mind? What if he's coming and saying, look, the moment I get, a, if I get back in the NFL and I'm running a team, I know who I want running my football operation, and it's not Ryan Poles. I mean, that doesn't seem like something that would have gone over well with the Bears in the interview process with the guy they just hired, but and it would be totally disruptive. But even if he does, they're not going to do that. They wouldn't do that right now. They right. wouldn't do that this year. So Ryan Poles will get this opportunity that everybody sees him having with all the draft picks, all the cap space, with a young, talented quarterback. And if that doesn't go well, then maybe we're in a, we're in a different place. Maybe, maybe his timeline shrinks. See, that's what I think. I, I think this really puts the pressure on Poles that it, this is going to have to. You're going to have to accelerate your timeline here. That you need to. It, you have everything that a general manager would ever want. You got a quarterback that you can build around. You have the number one pick. You have more cap room than anybody else. What reason is there for you to fail? An ownership that believes in you and you're an organization that you believe is not working at cross purposes. What, what you just said, it, Lawrence, is probably like what is either implied or said out loud from Kevin Warren to Ryan Poles day one. As soon as he walks into his office, he probably is either saying or thinking that. Right. I mean, that's what I would be thinking. That this is you've got a real opportunity here. Like there's a there's a chance to 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 control the offseason. Like they can control all of the offseason in the NFL. They can sign any player that they want. They they have control of the draft. Cause these you know how it is. These front offices get a quarterback stuck in their head and nothing stops them from getting that quarterback. Look at the deal that the the San Francisco Giants gave up to get Trey Lance and you start thinking about the number 1 pick and at least one maybe two prospects that I think are better prospects than Trey Lance in this particular draft and you go the the Bears are sitting in a great spot to have success immediately yeah and i think that when you're looking at trading that pick like it's a bare minimum two additional first round picks to get that spot from anybody. You're, you've got the number one spot. I mean, that should be worth even more than what Miami got for number two. Right. Cause you can, you, then you will have control of the draft. You can get the quarterback that you want. You don't have to wait for the board to go the way that you want it to go. You can change the board and, and get the person that you want to jumpstart your franchise. And I think it's, you know, from my, perspective maybe these teams would disagree with me like the lions for example but i think seven out of the next eight teams after them need a quarterback so there are plenty of suitors to drive up a bidding war and you can make yourself part of that bidding war by leaving leaving the door open that hey if we're blown away by uh one of these quarterbacks you know we might just keep the pick and take that quarterback and and leak out then when pro days start oh we were Blown the, away the Bears by were Bryce quote, Young. Blown away by Bryce Young or Will Levis or whoever, CJ Stroud. Um, the more you drive that up, the more there's going to be to get in, in a trade hall. And Kevin Warren's going to be evaluating that too. He's going to have his own idea of what you should be able to get for that. And is Ryan Poles really, you know, the poker player that we need in this case? The Dolphins, by the way, 
they made a bunch of trades that uh, with those picks and ended up picking, I think, sixth and 18th that year. And they got Jalen Waddell, who's a thousand plus yard receiver each of his first two seasons. And Jalen Phillips, who is, I think, second only to Micah Parsons in sacks in that draft class. Yeah, but now they might actually need a quarterback again. Right. I mean, but at the time, that was very good use of those. I agree. Very good maneuvering. And if the Bears were to come out with something like that, if the Bears were to come out with top-notch, probably in the reverse order, probably you know top-notch pass rusher in the top 10 and maybe receiver later, that'd be great. I mean, you'd look at that as a very a, a incredible success if they end up with two players like that with, for the number one pick. What do you think is the cultural significance within the league, not just as far as as overall optics, but within the the community of players? That's if you're talking about a league that is seventy percent black, and now the Bears are the first team. The Bears are the first team with a, a black president and CEO. A black general manager, not to mention black the, assistant general manager. Yeah, and for now, and the commitment that they're making to a, a black quarterback. I would just think that you can, it's hard to quantify what it means, but to with, within the NFL community, the the strength of that, the statement of that, has to be meaningful. I don't think if you asked any black player, they would say anything other than, "Yeah, that matters a lot. That that really changes how I think about the organization." And when you have a league that is predominantly black and then a set of coaches, general managers, and owners that's overwhelmingly white, that is part of where you have this disconnect in the NFL between the players and the league where it feels adversarial a lot of times. It's true. And look at the Bears. and Look at, look at them being progressive. The Bears. I know. It's really weird. What did you think of what you heard in the Ryan Poles' press conference? I'm glad you called it the Ryan Poles press conference. I mean, no one talking Matt Eberflus. <laughs> Poor Matt. I mean, Ryan Poles talks like three times a year, maybe four. He, something I like mean, that. he's done he, more than his predecessor. He does. He has. Yes, he talked mid-season, kind of unsolicited, week six or seven, whatever that was. He talks after they trade guys. He talked after they. I, I've been very encouraged by that. I know that it wasn't like the the point of your question, but like I. One of the first tests for him was when Roquan demanded a trade. Was Poles going to come out and address that? And he did. And I thought, okay, this is promising. This guy knows that the public needs to hear from him on these days. But we still don't get him that much. And we get Eberflus like four times a week telling us nothing most of the time, not wanting to give an inch. So when you're going to put those two guys next to each other, like we're doing a bad job as reporters if we got any questions for Matt Eberflus. Like, this should be a Ryan Poles press conference. And he did what I thought he would do. I, one of the things I was wondering from Sunday when they got the number one pick to Tuesday when he was going to talk for the first time, Lawrence, is how's he going to finesse this? What, what, how's he going to craft what he says to be totally supportive of Justin Fields, but also not totally supportive of Justin Fields? Leave the door open. Let everybody think that you might take a quarterback. I think it's something that they should not do and are highly, highly unlikely to do. But nothing he said Tuesday would later be deemed a lie if he was to trade Justin Fields and draft one of these quarterbacks. I agree with that. I I, I feel like, uh, I do feel like in t- listening to him over the last couple times that he's talked, I think he was pleasantly surprised by the progress of Justin Fields. 
I think he walked in going, eh. And then Fields opened his eyes to, oh, well, we might have a dynamic player playing quarterback for us. And now the mission becomes to make him as complete of a player as possible. I feel like if they draft someone, anyone, at number one, it's a failure. That is a a, a great piece of leverage that they have with the number one pick that can jumpstart and accelerate how they're going to rebuild this team. And there should be opportunities for them. Like, they don't have to trade down to 10. Trade down to 2 and get multiple picks. They trade down They trade down to 2, then trade down to 4 and get multiple picks. Because all of these teams, and the Detroit thing is interesting to me. Detroit has said that they're happy with what they've got. And Jared Goff played at a Pro Bowl level this year inside that offense. But I do wonder if they're thinking, well, he's fine, but we're never going to get there there unless we have like a special quarterback. And if they think that Will Levis or Anthony Richardson is a special quarterback and a guy like Richardson would be perfect to draft behind Goff because you're not expecting him to play immediately. I, I'm, I'm curious on what they end up doing, but there, there's going to be... We see it every year. Front offices and scouts are like, you know what? It's Will Levis. That's what I'm saying. Bear, the Bears, the, the, of every moment that goes by between now and draft night, it, it's only going to get more valuable. There's no reason to do anything. Just wait. Let, let everybody fall in love. This is romance season. This is, this is the love boat. And so just let it all, let it all happen. And 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 sit chilly because there's 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 no upside to trying to strike now when the pick's going to be more valuable later. You only need it to be one guy too, since you're picking first. Yep. You're it's not like you're sitting there at third and you're like, boy, I hope people fall in love with two or three of these quarterbacks. It only needs to be one of them. And, it, and like we're sitting here today, and it's Bryce Young, but we have two and a half months or yeah, something. Yeah, I mean, like that. I mean it, it could it be can, Will Levis. It could very. Month. It could be. And depending on what you value as an organization, I think Bryce Young's the best quarterback in this draft. I would understand if someone's looking at traits and sees Will Levis and goes, oh, yeah, big body, strong arm, mobile. Great. So you trade down to two and then you flip it again. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's, that's, that's why I think them drafting at number one, no matter who they pick, whether it's Carter or – God forbid a quarterback, or if it's Will Anderson, to me it's a mistake. You use that leverage now and turn it into more better players because clearly they are a roster that needs to be completely overhauled. They have a million problems, and I would leave quarterback as one of my solved problems if I were them. Correct. Um, I, I don't think I would go so far as to say it's a failure or a bad outcome if they actually keep the pick and take someone. Because if you think Will Anderson is going to be like Miles Garrett, then yeah, that's worth spending the pick on that. If you're taking one of those guys, if you're taking like the thing, the things that I would always want if I was running a team, and I think most GMs would agree with this priority list, is obviously quarterback, but then number two is quarterback destroyer. It's pass rusher. So if you got the chance to get one of those two positions, the two premium positions in the entire league, and you're going to get a guy at number one overall that you project as a 
Hall of Famer, an all-pro player, then that's not a bad outcome. I agree that the better move would be to trade the pick and get multiple first-round picks. I mean, if you could turn that number one pick into at least two extra first-round picks between this year and next year, that's that's a great situation when you have all these problems. And I'm confident that that is a completely reasonable ask. That that is that is not pie. In I think the that's sky. the minimum. Exactly. Yeah. We're talking with Jason Leisure, the Bears beat writer for the Chicago Sun Times, and we will talk more after a brief timeout. I think this is the time of the year where we're, their teams can sign players to reserve futures contracts, which I always find interesting in some of those decisions and what it says about who they think might be a prospect. We'll talk about that and more when we come back on The Score. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Dan Bernstein, Lawrence Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Jason Leisure and I have both been trying to explain to Dan that semi-pro is actually really funny. Yeah. I think you need another watch of it. Mm, no, thank you. If he doesn't like it, he's not going to like it. That's it's, it's not No, gonna... but sometimes when you watch a movie, you don't get some of the stuff in the first watch. And then you watch it again and you go, you know what? That's very clever. Every once in a while that happens with me, but usually with comedies, like the the last time that really happened with me was Napoleon Dynamite. And that was a forever ago where I didn't feel it. I, I just didn't quite, I didn't. I Maybe you weren't even in the right mood I, to, wasn't to accept it. In, in the vibe of the first time I saw it and the second time I was, and it like, it completely unlocked for me. That's so weird that you say that because that's exactly what happened to me and my wife too. And this movie, that movie came out, Napoleon Dynamite, 20 years ago or something by now. But the first time we watched it, we were like, what is this? This is so stupid. It was quirky and the music was yeah, weird. I don't and get it, any and of this. I don't like the, like the cinematography was all washed out and yeah. over bright and too many primary colors. And like I, I, and then the second time, I'm like, oh, okay. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Second okay. time through, we're like, all right, this is now one of my favorite movies. Yeah. It's very rare that that happens, though. I don't think we're going to like force feed semi-pro to Dan in a no. way that's going to get him to come around on it, Lawrence. Well, he's Dan. <laughs> I'm stubborn that way. But, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm not going to completely rule it out because there's enough likable people in it and enough enough Will Arnett moments to keep me coming back. He's Batman. Well, Lego Batman, which mm-hmm. Ryan Poles knows all about. He's one of the guys for me, like uh, uh, Will Arnett, like John C. Riley, where I, anything that he's in, I'm probably going to like. Or at least like his character in it, because they're just good at it. Yeah, and like you, and I think you've said it is. People presume that it's they, it's just so easy to inhabit these comic characters, and it's some of the hardest acting that, that you can do. Out there. Can Will Ferrell? Can he do a turn? Yeah, he. I, I'm, I'm waiting for it. I'm, I'm trying to think. Like obviously, like Bill Murray went from slapsticky comedy to serious thespian. Is there a, a, a 
third act of Will Ferrell's career Jim where he Carrey could do that. with the Truman Show a little bit. Yeah. I think Will Ferrell tried. I think he did a couple and it just it didn't really Is his face so funny that we can't take him seriously? His face and his physical comedy and his whole like his a lot of his characters are very similar. I don't think he's like Steve Carell or John C. Riley or Will Arnett that can be funny in different ways. I agree. I mean, Carell's another one, right? Like Carell's another one who phenomenal actor who went from weird kind of slapsticky, oh Kelly Clarkson, to being a very serious, like being taken very seriously. You know, have you seen Little Miss Sunshine? I have. He's fat. I mean, everybody's great in that movie. That that is such a good movie, and he is so understated and so haunted. And just little facial expressions, and there's so many scenes in that movie where no one's talking, but everyone's acting. But even his comedy acting, like compare him playing Brick in Anchorman to him playing Michael Scott. Like if you rewatch The Office, the acting that he's mm-hmm. actually doing, the way, like the way, or he's- that character to Forty Year Old Virgin, it's a like right. he's he's so good. As someone text said that Pharaoh is like Sandler. I think I actually think Sandler's better. In non-comedies. I thought that he was phenomenal in Spanglish. Like, I I bought him as that husband dealing with that. And I I don't know. Like, I I don't know, I don't know if it's if it's a tone or but I, I will say that when I see Will Farrell, I immediately smile. And maybe he has to do something like incredibly dark <laughs> to to facilitate a turn. Where he's taking, or maybe he doesn't care. He might not care, and maybe he wants to just for the rest of his life dress up like little Debbie and come out and sit on a talk show <laughs> or and, take his shirt off. Right, that's, that's what I always think. They show him or Tracy Morgan, and I'm like, all right, when are they taking their shirt off? Mm-hmm. It's not like the, the huge it's not like some of these other guys scar right? and everything. <laughs> like, and you know, uh, my son had never seen more cowbell. Oh, the SNL skit. He'd yeah. never seen it. I'm like, come on, man. You got you never. He's like, what, he goes, what are you talking about? More cowbell. He's like, I got a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbell. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, oh, dude. But your son's at an age where he your son's at an age where he wouldn't get any of that reference at all. Like, it's from an era of SNL that was not geared toward him. That was twenty something years ago. It's uh, he knew the song "Don't Fear the Reaper" though. Like, like, did did it land with him at all? Yeah, because he he knows Walken because of Pulp Fiction and True Romance. Okay, because you so make the, him watch old movies is why he knows this stuff. Yeah, and, okay, he's, and right. he's taking a movie class now and studying a lot of this stuff. But yeah, so obviously I mean, the, the Walken stuff is baked in because of the, the Pulp Fiction full scene and then the turn as the as the Sicilian, the, the Mafia Don in True Romance, which is just amazing. Comedy is the one thing that just doesn't really translate very well from generation to generation. Yeah, it does. I don't think yeah, it does. Oh, yeah, it does. The prince, and I worry that the fundamentals like, don't change, man. I, the fundamentals, I think they do, man. Marx Brothers... If you show a, a young person a Marx Brothers movie, it, it still works. I'm worried that when I, you know, 10 years from now, when show I show Tropic my, Thunder, show my kids have, some of these movies. like have Tropic Thunder, which is Three Amigos, essentially. I'm worried my kids aren't going to get it. Oh, they'll get, time. no, no, no. It's the fundamentals, the, the timing, the rule of three, the rule of 17, the, the rules of the needless expenditure of energy. It hasn't changed from, from the Marx Brothers to, to Warner Brothers cartoons, like Looney Tunes cartoons. If, if, you're, if your kids at any age watch Wile E. Coyote and the Roadrunner, especially around like six, seven years old, I mean, they'll laugh so hard they can't breathe. Or Daffy Duck is Rob, you know, yikes! 
and away. A rabbit season, duck season. I mean, that stuff, duck you'll season. get howls of laughter. Just don't show him Pepe Le Pew. No, that's too rapey. Yeah, Pepe got canceled. I mean, there's a lot from the Looney Tunes stuff. Yeah, there's a lot from a lot of it, though. So select your hand select lot, it. A lot of the, some of the stuff, some of the names that Bugs Bunny would call people. Yeah, that's right. I had no, when he would say, what a maroon. Yeah. Like, I, I did. Yeah. There, there are. There's a lot of yeah. stuff in there. And you go, huh, that's too bad. Um, Dan, Dan does a podcast. I don't know if you know it. With his kid. Yeah. yeah. He does a podcast called Organizations Win Championships. Jason also does a podcast. Sports adjacent. Oh, I oh I know. That is a collection of characters that is that is unique and sui generis. Three of our favorite people do this podcast. Jason does the podcast with Russ Dorsey and Tony Gill. Russ is traveling the world right now. Russ right? is in London right now, I believe. Yeah, he's out here in these streets because you know he's young, rich, and handsome. So that's what you do when you're young, rich, and handsome, and, and baseball season is still a few weeks away. Mm-hmm. So Herb Howard, friend of the show, got to hang out on Sports Adjacent with Jason and Tony. And so I am to to be completely honest, I am technically the executive producer of Sports Adjacent, okay? I provide them the platform on House of L. They do what they want to do. I trust Leisure to not sink the company. And then I just let them post and do whatever they want. You're underselling your influence on this project from day 1, but go ahead. All I know is that in listening to Sports Adjacent I could hear Jason's anger because Tony's gonna Tony. And sometimes the young man spreads himself too thin because he's also EPing Jason's podcast, Jason Goff's podcast, and he's running all the digital stuff over at NBC Sports Chicago. So sometimes the stuff that ends up happening on Sports Adjacent is directly in response to Tony having too many jobs. He's created characters, Dan, on the show. Okay. And there is a character that reads fun content called Tony Gill with glasses. And I'm going to illustrate for you what happens, okay? Okay. When Tony Gill with glasses shows up, he shows up like this with his glasses askew i don't i don't understand that part of it it's all. a it's a it's, it's wacky a, it's a visual bit for an audio medium but whatever no i like it i'm there so this is what happened when tony gill with glasses was asked to read something this week <clears throat> from Kalisa's 2003 hit milkshake i know you want it <laughs> the thing that makes me what the guys go crazy for they lose their minds the way I wind. <laughs> I think it's time. My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. And they're like, it's better than yours. <laughs> Darn right. It's better than yours. I can teach you, but I have to charge. That, that heavy breathing you're hearing in the background is Herb Howard just trying to, like, get his stomach back. And that's part of the problem. Like, Russ knows all of this stuff. And while he's annoyed with it, he understands the rhythm of it. Herb's a, a guest, so he doesn't know. Like, all of a sudden, this is just happening. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, Herb Howard's like, what? Why? And Tony, like, I'm a different person. So if you're mad at Tony, the producer, that's not he, me. Yeah, he, he's not here. Because I'm Tony Gill with glasses. Have you ever heard one of Tony's 
spots that he does for NBC Sports Chicago where it's like this yes. poetic narration. Oh, yeah. About His voiceover stuff's great. It's fantastic. And we get none of that, though. And we pay him to do that. We probably don't pay him what NBC pays him, but, I mean, we pay him to do that. And everything you get, he never knows what it is that he's about to read, even though I've emailed it to him, Dan, like, in the middle of the day. It's better that he's way. He's had like six or better. seven hours where he could have read this over. and so He also didn't read it verbatim. Right, so you'll the always, line is damn, damn right, not darn. Yes, yeah. damn I, right, it's I, better than yours. I cleaned it up for him because he doesn't. Tony, I know he doesn't ever use profanity. Was he uh, Lovey Smith? But he he does always read everything. He reads everything it's like it's either uh, Shakespeare or a sermon or something, or he just completely stumbles through it because it's the first time that he's set eyes on the on the email that I sent him to read. You guys got to get Dan on that podcast. This Dan. Yeah, I okay. don't think I don't think you'll have enough time. Their process is very long. <laughs> it takes like two hours to record. It's a long Why? process. I it ends up being like an hour and twenty minute show. It's a that's whole a, that's a long podcast. Yeah, yes. I know the podcast is not two hours long. No, right, no but no. even an hour the, and twenty is long. The process is two hours. So is it stitched together afterwards? Yeah, like Campy the, does like video stuff too, and yeah. they have different segments that they do. The bullshit, okay. right? Segment that they do for Sheets and Giggles. So this should be sponsored by Sheets, even though there are no Sheets here. We were in Pennsylvania, it would be very funny. Well, Sheets and Giggles is the one. We, I mean, they pay us. We can't. We're not doing reads for people that aren't paying us. Oh, who, who's paying you? Sheets, sheets and Giggles. And Giggles. That's a company that makes incredible bed sheets. Oh, actually, I didn't know that. Uh, okay, I didn't know. Dan, there. He thought you thought Lawrence was just using the expression. Yes. No. No. It's. Uh, I mean, I'll do a read for I, it right now. If I you'd didn't like know. Me to. No, no, they're they're wow. good, and Tony is does some very interesting reads about parts of bodies that it cups, but we'll <laughs> we'll not say damn they're, in the Khalees read. Yes, that that's a great point because his sheets and giggles ad reads are wildly inappropriate. Yes, are they like Shane's pajamagram reads? Yes, are they but like worse. creepy? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, Tony's are definitely like if he started talking like that while you were in the room with him, you'd be like, I, 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 it's time to leave. <laughs> I, I don't really want to hear what. Thank you. So either much. you and your wife, or you know what you're imagining, or yeah, yeah, it's it's gross. Quick football question. Damn it, the reserve futures contract. Sorry, Dan. I, I just I wanted to ask about this because this is the season when teams can, if someone was not. On a on an active roster, it could be on your practice squad or on anyone else's practice squad. You can essentially grab their rights through at least this summer. Is that how it works? Yes, and it's a just a way to very cheaply protect guys that you think could turn into something. Yeah, I just wonder I mean, what they're it's all gonna, lottery tickets. I, I wonder what it's going to say when we start hearing which of the Bears fringe guys because there was a lot of fringe this year yeah but even the guys that were actually on the roster didn't really show a lot of promise correct so i don't i don't think that i mean it's so rare that what you turn one of those guys into at some point is maybe like what josh woods was for them just a regular special teams player i think he actually ended up you know working himself into a really good role with the lions but what he was with the bears was a, a good developmental project story where he was a, a key special teams player and a reliable backup if you needed him. That That's really what you're hoping some of these guys turn into, maybe. Jason Leisure, thank you very much for being here in studio. Thank you. <clears throat> 
from Khaleesi's 2003 hit. I mean, who clears their voice no to start that? I know you want it. <laughs> the thing that makes me what the guys go crazy for. <laughs> they lose their minds the way I want. <laughs> I think it's time. My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. And they're like, it's better than yours. <laughs> so stupid. Darn right. It's better than yours. I can teach you, but I have to charge. Poor Herb Howard. We'll be back after this in the score. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Station. I got a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbell. We are horribly late, and our producers are very unhappy with us, and, and Shane and Tanny are pacing the hallways, and, and we've, we've made people very, very angry. Yeah, and- but we're going to get their guys in here. We're going to get their football information, and we're going to get them out of here. Sounds great. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.